What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, April 1st, 2015, and you guys listening to episode 204 uh, here on April Fool's Day. Uh, back to the uh, regular Wednesday schedule. Uh, didn't do traveling, all caught up with shit. I hope you guys had a, a good week and enjoyed the uh, combo podcast, did something a little different with uh, Joe Matteris last week, and I was going to break it down to two parts, and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to just do something different and just have that be the podcast, change it up a little bit after an insane week, which I'm going to talk about here on the show, and um, I got really cool stuff, man, this is pretty much going to be, I, I, you know, I was writing bullet points for this show, like what to talk about, and as I was writing it, I was like, oh my god, this shit is going to be crazy. Uh, so I have an amazing podcast. Uh, it's just going to be great stories and really cool stuff, uh, which was probably one of the most insane weeks of uh, of just everything. Like it was not even just insane with comedy, which it was. Uh, it was one of the most insane weeks of comedy, but also just an insane week of in my life. So it's the combination of both. Uh, ton of cool shit to talk about, man. And I hope I have enough time to do it. But so there's forget part two of, of last week that last week was just me and Joe and I hope you guys enjoyed it uh shout out to Joe Matteris and the Fixing Joe podcast um but uh I got a great show uh today uh also I would like to mention too at the top I forgot to do something I did a podcast um with a dude out in Canada uh Gary Lampkin and it's called the Hump Day Podcast and you could check that out I was driving in the car and we had a cool conversation and uh, I was just so busy with so much shit to do, I didn't get a chance to plug it. So I apologize, Gary, and uh, you know to the listeners, uh, your listeners, uh, for for not plugging that. Um, but you guys can check that out. It's called the Hump Day Podcast, and I was a uh, a guest on that as well. Um, so let's get into this. Two oh four, ton of stuff to talk about, ton of stuff to plug, and uh, you know, of course, uh, the unacceptables. We're gonna get a bunch of those out, and um, it'll be a great time. So. As always, uh, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. A lot of cool stuff on there uh, run by uh, by the dude out there, uh, David Gaffrey. Ch- uh, just check it out. It's, it's awesome. And uh, David's a funny comic out there in Chicago, so um, check out GonzoFame.com. They are a great sponsor. And, um, I also have some other people that have contacted me for sponsorship and stuff like that. So, uh, hopefully some more people are going to be jumping aboard uh, on the show, but, uh, let's get into, uh, let's get into last week. All right. So last week, um, starting on Monday, okay. You know, had shows and just getting ready for a, um, a really long week. And I was, you know, just kind of getting better and feeling better. And I knew that last week was going to be nuts, so I better be feeling better, right? So, excuse me, I'm drinking fucking Diet Coke for the first time in forever. And, like, when you don't drink soda for a long time and then you, like, sip on one, you know, I feel like it's a fucking roast beef sandwich. Because <laughs> I'm so used to just drinking water and tea and shit that is actually healthy. So when you go back to one of these things, 
you just feel yourself, you feel your body going through, what the fuck, like, I'm halfway through this Diet Coke, and I feel like I'm eating a fucking deli sandwich, um, so anyway, so Monday, doing shows, and then Tuesday was a day where, um, I was gone the whole day, Bill Burr came in town, and, um, my buddy, Steve Mazzilli, Steve is the owner of Gotham Comedy Club, and also, um, Levity Live, He's a great friend of mine. He's been great to me and my career. And um, so Bill was in town, and Bill was doing the uh, uh, Garden of Laughs uh, charity at Madison Square Garden. So those guys are hockey guys, and they got this unbelievable hookup to skate on the ice at Madison Square Garden. Now, I just started skating. I skated like a couple of days before just so I like didn't look like an asshole. And, and you know, so I knew what I was doing. And long story short, the whole, here was what the day was Tuesday, okay? Tuesday, we're supposed to meet at the garden, and then we skate on the ice from like 12.30 to 2.30 or 2 o'clock or whatever it was. Like, Madison Square Garden is empty, all the lights on, the Rangers have a game that day, so we're skating on the Rangers ice with like goals and all this shit. And there's a bunch of people. There was some comedy managers there. There was uh, a couple of ex-Rangers. Uh, Brian Mullen was there. Tom Laidlaw, uh, who played for the Rangers in the 80s and 90s. So they're there. Steve Mazzilli, Steve Mazzilli's brother. Uh, me, Bill Burr. And uh, all these just amazing... It was it was just amazing. Uh, was it Rod Gilbert, Gobert? Or whatever one of the one of the Hall of Fame guys were there too, just in a suit, just talking to us in the locker room. Now here's what, unbeknownst to me, these guys start talking about a game, like a five on five fucking game of ice hockey. Now, I've played ice hockey once in my life with no pads, and I got the shit kicked out of me out in Montreal. And now, oh, Bruce Hills, who runs the Montreal Comedy Festival, he's there, great guy. Another guy's been awesome to me. But all these fucking people are there, and part of the rules, we had to sign like waivers that. You know, we're going to be in full pads, like full-fledged hockey outfit, right? Now, I'm thinking we're going to go out there, skate around, shoot a couple of pucks in the thing, and just have a good time. So, on the way down, you know, and I was just cool. Like, I was like, listen, man, I don't need to do this. Like, no, 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 man, I know how much you love the garden. You're going to do this. So, I'm like, all right. So, on the way down, I'm like, yeah, no, the cool thing. I was talking to Burr in the car, and I go, yeah, man, the cool thing is we're just going to, you know, skate around and have fun. And Bill goes, no, we're not. We're playing in a game. And I go, no, nah, no, nah. I talked to Steve. He said, we're just going to have fun, this and that. And he's like, dude, are you scared? And I go, no, dude, I'm not scared. I'm just, what do you mean scared? I'm just not fucking prepared. I don't want to, you know, I got, I want to break my legs. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And he's like, no, no, we're going to play. Don't worry. You know, it's just going to be like a fun pick. You know, it doesn't matter. Everybody, nobody's good. And I'm like, yeah, nobody's good. But you guys have all played and there's fucking ex-pros playing. What do you mean nobody's good? There's fuck, we're playing with fucking ex-rangers. What do you mean nobody's good? I'm not fucking good. So we're sitting in there and I'm just like, nobody's saying anything in the locker room. And then all of a sudden they're like, all right, so what are we going to do? We'll just, you know, we got goal, a goalie was there like, yeah, you know what we'll do? We'll, uh, we'll break it down into teams and we'll just play like five on five and fucking, I'm like, what? So now I'm like half excited because I'm going to go on the garden ice and just see all the empty seats and skate around. But the other half, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do right now? I don't know. And what this is like. 
So we get out there and we start skating and I'm just looking around at the seats and I'm looking up at the Raptors and I'm seeing all of the, the Knicks shit. I was more concentrated on the Knicks shit. And then the, <laughs> the Rangers and uh, I'm just looking up there and this is amazing. We're playing and then as we're skating around for about 20 minutes, like, all right, get in your, you know, we'll start getting teams. Let's pick teams. And now I'm like, this is really fucking happening again. I got myself into this shit again like I did in Montreal and now I'm on the ice, and they start picking teams, and, you know, Burr was like, me and Verzi are separate, me and Verzi are separate, so, long story short, we start playing this game, and there are guys that are on my team that are fucking great, and each, each one of our teams had a pro, okay, and the pros, like, we had Tom Laidlaw, they had Brian Mullen, and those are the only guys, they didn't even have helmets on, that, that's how good they were, they're just skating around, and they're, like, crushing it, and, you know, they're trying to pass. And, like, you know, when the pass would come to me, I'd barely get a stick on it. I had, like, a couple of shots on goal that, like, hit the post. I didn't know what I was doing. But I was probably crossing the blue line before the puck got there. You know, I can't really stop. The nice thing is I can skate I could skate well. Like, I can skate well. I could turn fast. I could do all that. But I can't stop and I can't skate backwards. So I can, like, gradually slow down. So... I'm just going around. One point, Burr was skating, had his head down and didn't see me. And we collide and our fucking, the cages on our helmets just smack each other. And he actually went down. And I just wobbled and almost went down. And it's a, it's a miracle because he can skate great and I can't. And uh, he actually was like, no, dude, that was my bad. He's like, I wasn't even paying attention. And everybody kind of fell a little bit here and there. I think I felt like twice. But it wasn't, you know, I liked just kind of skating around. So then like we would take a break. And uh, the game got less and less serious as it kept going. But I just was like, it was just nothing that I was comfortable with doing. It would be like, imagine this. Picture yourself like this. If you never really played basketball, pick up basketball organized or anything like that. Maybe like one time you were like the bad guy in, in one game. Imagine that. And then guys that can really play are like, all right, man, five on five. No, we'll just have fun. And guys are running around trying to fucking really play. That's what I was doing with fucking hockey skates on, on Madison Square Garden ice with people that could play. Picture that. You know how fucking scary that was for me? Uh, anyway, though, I will say, after all that stuff goes away, I just had a good time. And um, at one point, we were we were playing and then everybody stopped and I was kind of sitting on the bench just drinking some water and those guys, a couple of guys kept playing and I was like, oh, you know, I'm good. I'm done. My feet are killing me. So they played whatever four on four. And then when everybody starts leaving to go back into the locker room, I just start skating around the ice and I'm looking up and like they did something with the lights. They were getting ready to get us out of there and get the ice ready for the game because the Rangers were playing the Kings that night. And I'm just looking around and I got to like skate like by myself on the ice at Madison Square Garden and I'm just gliding around and I'm looking around and I'm looking up and I'm just going, oh my God. And I'm thinking about all the comedians that performed there and how actually it didn't seem that big to me anymore. You know, I've, I mean, the most, most I've ever performed in front of, I think I performed in front of maybe 3000 or a little more, something like that, about 3000 people. And once you get to the thousands, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters if it's 3,000 or fucking 15 because you're just like, you're just in that mode. And I was looking around and I remember Burr saying that Dane Cook said, when you look at Madison Square Garden, it's like four theaters in one just at every side of you. And I looked at it like that and it's true. It, it is, and, and it's like, it's oddly intimate, they were saying. 
And it really is. Like as crazy as that is to, to say, when you look at it, you could actually see all the decks of the place and the lower deck. And I'm like, my God, if, if this place had its attention on you and you were doing bits and having fun, it must be amazing. And I was just skating around thinking of that. So then we go to an a unbelievable restaurant. You know, we shower at, the, at Madison Square Garden, which was awesome. And we get dressed and we go, we get the car or whatever. And we go to this restaurant and we're eating and we're just having a great dinner and some drinks. And then we go back to Madison Square Garden and we're in the, we're the first row behind the Ranger bench. And the coolest part about this was where you, when you, when you have seats like that, right, you go to this like private, um, like area to eat and drink they keep, they don't even take tips they just have like the best liquor the best food and you just go and you get as much as you want and you eat and in between like you know either quarters if it's a basketball game or intermissions you just go and you just eat shit like they just got like shrimp and they, this guy this guy was pouring me full glasses of gray goose vodka like it was a beer so by the first fucking period where f- I'm fucking wasted and like Sarah Jessica Parker was in there and, and we're sitting there and like, so behind us is Tom Hanks and his kids, Sarah Jessica Parker. And I know we talked about it on Burr's podcast. One of the funniest things is uh, we're sitting there and Burr and I are in the bag and Burr just goes, yo, dude, George Stephanopoulos, dude, George Stephanopoulos, look up. And I look up and it's fucking Jeff Gordon. And I just go, dude, that's Jeff Gordon. You are the worst with names. And we just had a great laugh about it. So intermission. You go in and there's just food and shrimp and and drinks and everything you could want. And there's just like celebrities in there because that's where they stay. You know, and I'm not used to this shit, you know. And I'm like, man, this is insane. It was just so nuts. And we're drinking and everything. And uh, yeah, man, it was was just like so insane. And I I wish that I was a bigger hockey fan because part of me was like, man, somebody else would really appreciate this more. But at the same time, they were the ones going, no, dude, you're coming. We want you to come. And I was like, all right, like you could, you're fine. And uh, that was amazing. And then after the game, we go to another bar, which we had no business doing. And uh, then I got so hammered that Burr was like, dude, I can't let you drive. Just sleep on the couch and I'll wake you up in a couple hours. And all of a sudden I wake up and it's like seven o'clock in the morning and I got to be home to get my kids, my wife was calling me, it was not pretty, okay, it was not my finest morning as a father, but better safe than sorry, of course, and uh, really rough hangover the next day, now this night, Wednesday, a week ago, um, Burr contacts me, he's like, hey dude, last minute show, why don't you open up for me tonight at uh, the Terrytown Music Hall, so I'm like, cool, you know, nice gig, 800 people, I've been there a couple of times before, it'll be a great time. So going through the hangover, do that, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a good time. We had a, had a nice time there. Uh, I was doing a bunch of new material in, the, in there, and, 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 it, and it felt good. You know, I love, I love that place. I love being in Westchester and performing there, and it was cool to actually be on. I didn't want to cheat the crowd at all, but it was cool to kind of be on stage in a theater, and I almost felt like there was a nice percentage of my set where I was working out shit, you know, in a theater, and I was like doing stuff, and what one thing that I felt was when I was on stage, I just kind of knew that, like, the people backstage and 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 Burt were watching me, like, I could feel them on my neck, you know, 
and I'm going, wow, I'm doing new shit right now. But anytime, you know, you open for a comic that's as great as Bill, and, you know, Bill is like an older brother, you know, in comedy for me. Like, it's like a, like he watched me grow as a stand-up, you know, from like, you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of been that mentor type you know, in standup, but I, you know, you want to show guys like that, that you're growing and getting better, you know what I mean, and uh, so I was just doing some new stuff, and then afterwards, I was like, man, did you see that, and he's like, yeah, I saw that, that was funny, and it was, it was really cool, um, now, the next day is Thursday, and this is for my um, brother-in-law's, my brother-in-law's um, benefit over at Levity Live, and I have to thank everybody who came out to that, it was um, such an amazing time, an amazing night, really. It was just one of those nights where um, the lineup was insane. You know, the, the prices were pretty heavy for this um, for this fundraiser. And uh, we're going to do it next year and probably lower the prices. This was the first time, and we didn't really know how to go about doing it. My mother-in-law and Levity put it together, you know, with, you know, me advising on it and stuff and, and you know, so all the comedians too that came like one phone call or a text and they were there and we had some surprise drop-ins but it was just an amazing time an amazing night levity live was on fire that night it was almost 300 people in there and uh, i truly can't thank i truly can't thank everybody enough my mother-in-law and my wife were were overwhelmed with uh how it went off without a hitch the people and the staff at Levity was incredible. It's always incredible there. I've talked about that place on my podcast so many times, but like the way they treated us, the way they cooked for us, put out a spread in the green room for all the comedians. And uh, when I say everybody killed and that show was on fire, it was on fire, but um, just an amazing night. And, uh, you know, my wife's family, my family, bunch of fans and, and you know, it was, it was fans from for everybody really. It was so cool. So the lineup was... Um, Greg Stone hosted, funny comic Greg Stone, he hosted and did a great job. Then my buddy Chris Lamberth uh, got on stage and he did about 10 minutes. Then um, my buddy Pete Davidson, shout out to Pete Davidson, um, really busy, um, Saturday Night Live, uh, just killed it on the Bieber Roast. I don't know if you guys saw the Bieber Roast, but Pete Davidson was on it and I think he stole it. I think he stole the whole fucking uh, thing and, you know, it was cool because I was actually writing um, some jokes for him for the thing and, um, you know, due to time stuff, you know, it sucks because sometimes you're like, yeah, you're gonna, they're going to use it and then with time, they're like, ah, fuck, we can't use it, but Pete is a great friend of mine. And, um, you know, Pete was actually, Pete is actually on the Verzi Effect podcast episode 38 when he was like 18 years old. So that's how far back, uh, you know, I go with Pete and Pete was like, I want to come up for it. And I was like, I understand though, if you're working and Pete walks into the club and right after Chris Lambert got on, I was like, Pete, you want to go up now? And he goes up and, uh, mind you, he had to be at a Saturday night live meeting the next day at four o'clock in the morning. And he still came up for the show. The kid goes on, does 10 minutes, and crushes. Great time. Crowd loved him. So, and, you know, he was unannounced, so the crowd was really surprised and cool with that. So then um, I went on, and I think I did about 20, and I just had an amazing time. Uh, you know, it was just an amazing time I had on stage. It was so much fun. The crowd was just so into it, on fire. And then after me, um, another one of my friends who I work with, Ben Bailey, who is the um, host of Cash Cab, he comes in unannounced. He goes on stage, does 15 minutes, kills, 
and everybody is psyched to see him because they remember the show Cash Cab. They know who Ben is. And then Burr gets on stage. And then, you know, Burr goes on stage and just kills and does his thing. So uh, it was just from top to bottom, it was crazy. And, um, you know, me and Pete were talking. Pete's like, this might be one of the best shows I've been a part of from top to bottom. Like stand-up wise, it was amazing. So I hope if you guys were there, you feel the same way. But everybody was really happy with it. And, um, to do that for, I mean, without, you know, obviously it goes without saying, I do that for my wife and, and her family anytime, but for these guys, for me to text one of them once, call one of them once and all of them to come up. Then after the show, my managers were doing something, but they ended up showing up. My manager, David Kimowitz and Chris Italia showed up with comedian Adriana, Adrian Appalucci, who's a friend of mine. We all went out afterwards and, uh, amazing, amazing night. Um, we were handed, my mother-in-law got us all these expensive bottles of scotch and, uh, shout out to Mike Kennedy, who's a friend of mine and a friend of my mother-in-law's. He came and he gave everybody cigars that performed on the show. Uh, I actually smoked that cane, Mike, and, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. So the whole night was awesome. And, um, I, I can't thank you guys enough. If you, if you came to that, you know who you are. I, you know, it means the world. Um, so then... The next day is Friday, and Steve Mazzilli says, now I'm a bigger Knicks fan, and they were like, yeah, you know, the Knicks are playing the Celtics. And Steve was like, just so you know, that week, I know you're not that big into hockey, but I could probably get you Knicks tickets. It just so happens that they happen to, and I was hanging with Burr the week he came in. You know, he was, you know, gracious enough to do the, you know, the the the, the benefit. So, so he, they're playing the Celtics. So like, oh my God, how perfect is this? So I actually said, listen, it's not like we're going to shoot hoops at the garden. And that was almost actually a possibility to do. We, we couldn't do it because just time-wise. So we uh, don't worry, guys. I'm going to get to all your shit. I'm just breaking down this week. I want to catch everybody up on things and uh, wait because this is more, more crazy shit. Oh, I forgot one thing. Tom Hanks was actually breaking my balls about the Knicks. It was so cool. During the intermission of the Ranger game, I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to this kid in a in a Kings thing, and I'm thinking, is that Tom Hanks' son? And I go, who are you here with? And he goes, oh, my dad. His dad was Tom Hanks. I'm talking to this kid, his son Truman. And so I'm talking to his son about something, and his dad goes, what are you talking about? And I was just talking about how you got to draft smart guys, like guys that go to Stanford, really good athletes, like you know Richard Sherman went to Stanford, smart guy. Good, because of the, you know, the playbooks. I've talked about that on the show. Like Andrew Luck, smart guy. They could get the playbook and they're athletic. So if you got a guy that's a monster on the field at a big school, but a, a, a good school like Stanford, I draft a guy like that because they're not a fucking moron. So Tom Hanks, is, I'm talking to him about that. He's like, oh, yeah. So I say to him, are you a Knicks fan? And he starts busting my balls. He's like, yeah, what are you going to do at the Knicks game? What, are you going to read the paper? Are you going to read a magazine during the game? And I'm sitting there, and it was so cool because I'm like, Tom Hanks is breaking my balls right now. It was like surreal to just be sitting there talking to that dude. Um, so now I say about the Knicks game, I'm like, listen, guys, I don't need to go. I appreciate it. You guys know how much of a fan I don't need to go. And Burr goes, dude, man, Steve's hooking it up anyway. We might as well go if you want to go. And I'm like, dude, do you want to go? He's like, fuck it. We already got the tickets if we want. So I'm like, fine. He's, and he's like, yeah. So Steve goes, yeah, I'm sure they're going to be good seats. I'm fucking courtside. We're courtside. Like we're sitting on fucking celebrity row, me, Burr and Steve Mazzilli. And we're sitting next to fucking Earl the Pearl. And we go back to that private place where you could eat in between halftime and all the things. And I'm eating fucking sushi next to Earl the Pearl Monroe. And I actually got to add, he was talking to people. 
and he was just looking over at me, and I was like, hey, man, I'm, you know, I was, I, was, I was going nuts. If Patrick Ewing came, I would have got a hard on. I know that sounds weird, but I just wouldn't even know what to do. I'd be like, oh, my, that's Pat. Like, that's Pat. And I shouldn't have said hard on. Probably, like, I would have had a heart attack. Maybe not a hard on. Uh, <laughs> but so I'm asking Earl, I'm like, who's the toughest guy you ever played against? He's telling me about Oscar Robertson. All this. It's in, it, was in, it was just insane. Now, of course, you know, my luck, I'm sitting courtside at Madison Square Garden, which is on the bucket list, and it's the worst Nick team, like, ever, but either way, it was, it was amazing, um, and, yeah, I'm just looking around, and they were just looking at my face sitting there, I just couldn't believe it, and then we go to, uh, so then the next night, Bill is performing at Madison Square Garden, I have three shows at the stand, I'm doing the eight, and the ten, and the midnight, so, after the shows, it's late. I don't know what to do. I'm just like, shit, what should I do? So Bert texts me, says, are you still in the city? I said, I'm at the stand. He said, I'm going to come to the stand. Pete Davidson had just, was, was just did Saturday Night Live, and he's saying to me, hey, if you want to come to the SNL after party, let me know. Now, I'm shot from this week. I'm doing stand-up. I'm going to fucking games. I'm running around. You know, I got my kids in the morning. Just so exhausted. And I'm like, I don't know. So... Bill comes into the stand, and we're sitting there, a bunch of comics are sitting there bullshitting, and I had a long night, and I said to him, I go, dude, look, I go, it's your call, I was like, Pete said, we go over to the, you know, because Pete, Pete's, look, when I'm in town, Pete's always like, hey, do you want to come to the SNL after party, so you just, you know, you could do that, and I've been to a few of them, they're cool, you know, you eat, you drink, or whatever, and I have a couple of friends on there, you know, on the show, but I'm kind of tired and I'm thinking to myself, maybe we just go to, I haven't smoked a cigar in a long time. Maybe we go to a cigar bar, have a drink and call it a night. So then I said to Burr, what do you want to do? And he's like, ah, you know what? Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll stop by that party. So I'm like, all right, if you, yeah, I mean, we could do that. So we go and we end the week, an unbelievably long week. We end it by going to a Saturday Night Live after party and we're eating great food. And I was actually, you know who I was sitting with at the table? I was sitting with, um... What's his name? Uh, Chris Mintzplast, uh, uh McLovin. I was sitting, basically sitting and talking with fucking McLovin the whole night. Really cool kid, man. Really cool kid. Has his shit together. Nice kid. Um, and, uh, you know, with Pete and Pete's mom I know really well. So we were just hanging out there, having some drinks. Didn't stay late. And uh, I got home at 4 o'clock in the morning. And it was the longest, most intense week uh, as far as just running around doing shit where time just flew, but I was, I'm like, I'm getting tired thinking about it now. So that was the, uh, that was the Madison Square Garden week and the stand-up week and all that shit, but, um, really cool stuff and, you know, really just almost like surreal to, you know, to, for me though, walking out on the, on the court at Madison Square Garden during a Knicks game, I don't care if you like basketball, if you like the NBA, even if you like the Knicks, to sit courtside at Madison Square Garden was just so insane for me. It was, picture like your dream sporting thing. I mean, you would you care, like if you loved the fucking, you know, you wouldn't care. If you loved the Detroit Pistons your whole life and then you were sitting there, you would be like, what? I mean, it, it was nuts. It was nuts. Um, yeah, so that was, that was pretty much the week, and Sunday I did nothing but hang out at home, watch some basketball, watch some hoops, and, um, it was great, 
it was just a, a great time. So thank everybody who took part in that, Bill Burr and Steve Mazzilli and everybody at Levity and all the people that came out, all the comedians that took part in the, in the benefit and everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, here's my unacceptable right now. I got a couple of them. All right, then I'm going to get to your unacceptables. And we will talk some more, uh, we'll talk some more shit, but there's a couple of things. I actually have three unacceptables. I'm going to run through them real quick. Just things that really bothered me. And then I'm going to get to your guys. Okay. Oh my God. I feel honest to God. I didn't even start this podcast and we're a half hour in. Don't worry. I'll give you a good long one, everybody. Okay. Good long one. That's what she said. Oh, all right. So here's what, here's, here's my unacceptables. First of all, that German pilot. That fucking coward, okay, who mass murdered 140 something people because he's fucking nuts and having a bad fucking day. And, and, and these, this fuck, and first of all, the airline, the airline too knew the guy was sick and they put him in a cockpit. They put him, they put, they put a hundred and fucking some people's lives, okay? So there's no fucking money that they could do. They knew the guy was sick and the guy had an illness. But this fucking baby fucking coward, mass murdering piece of shit murdered babies students, fucking a hundred and something human, 140 something human beings. He fucking murdered, incinerated them because he's fucking nuts. And that pilot trying to get back in the cockpit. How fuck that's so beyond unacceptable. It's so fucking ridiculous. That airline should be shut down. Nobody should ever fly that fucking airline again. Because if you have an airline that is so negligent, to know that one of these fucking guys, a 28 year old, sick fucking mental mental nutcase is in the cockpit of one of your planes and you're letting them try to figure it out or whatever it's fucking unacceptable it, be, it should be shut down those fucking people should be held those that, that fucking airline some of those people should go to court and have to go to fucking jail for the negligence that happened for those people unacceptable beyond unacceptable i just wanted to mention it just because as i'm thinking of unacceptables it's crazy to not even bring that up you know, it's crazy. You know, jump off a fucking bridge, you coward. Jump off a building and kill your shitty self. That's what you do. Put a gun in your mouth and pull the fucking trigger and don't take anybody down with you. You know, no pun intended. Fucking don't don't take anybody with you. You're going to kill fucking babies and not even give them a chance at life because you're upset, you fucking bitch. Unacceptable. Okay. The other unacceptable I had is after the benefit for my brother, the night was amazing. The benefit itself was amazing. Then we go over to the yard. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call the fucking restaurant out right now. The yard house. I hope somebody works there or knows somebody that works there. And I hope you fucking listen to this. Okay. Because this is one where I know it can get back to somebody. And I hope it does. I really hope it fucking does. Okay. Because we have an amazing night. We have a great show. We raise a ton of money. Everybody is happy. The, the, the fans, the comedians, everybody there is, is so fucking happy. My, my wife's family. And we go to the VIP thing and we're taking pictures with people and the night is great. And then a, a big handful of us, maybe like 15 of us, 17 of us, whatever the number was, go to the yard house in West Nyack at the mall on the top floor. We cross over from Levity. And we sit there and we're standing there like a bunch of fucking assholes. My managers come up for this thing and we want to have some beers and enjoy a kind of a little after party at this place in a, you know, in the back and it's kind of private. And we're standing there and they're like, I go to somebody, I was like, yeah, can we get, and they're like, yeah, we'll put some tables together for you. And the manager walks away 
And when I tell you for 10 minutes, we're standing there like fucking assholes. And I'm like, is somebody going to do something? And, 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 and nobody does. It. And then finally they put us, they put some tables together and we sit there and I shit you not. We sat at these tables and people were talking in a great mood. So it wasn't really bothering anybody but me. But then everybody started looking at me, knowing like what's wrong with me. And what was wrong with me was we didn't get water put in front of us. We didn't get menus put in front of us and, and not even close to a drink for 15 to 20 fucking minutes. People had to leave. It was a Thursday night. It was late. Okay, then somebody was like, oh, I'm just going to go up to the bar and try to get a drink. You're like, no, if you have a table, you can't go to the bar. These fucking lazy assholes, please, if you know somebody that works there, make them fucking hear this. It was the most unacceptable thing in the world. Not to mention that, you know, and not that it fucking, not that it matters, but not to mention that like people who were at the comedy club across the way that probably come in there a lot and give you business were in there. Okay, not to mention some really fucking good comedians were in there. Okay, that 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 were like, oh, I'll go get a beer at that place because that's a place I'd probably go to after I perform there again. 20 fucking minutes, you incompetent shitheads waited that fucking long. Okay, one of the waitresses was a sweetheart. Another one was walking, giving looks. It was the most ridiculous, unacceptable piece of shit service. It, I swear to God, I don't know if I'm going to go back in there. I'll go in there and I'll go to the bar and order a drink at the bar. I will never sit in that place for service again because it sucked. It was an embarrassment. 25 minutes before anybody comes over after a night like that and there's 20 of us sitting there at a table, 17 of us, whatever it was, and we can't get a fucking beer? And then if somebody wants to walk up and just get a beer real quick because they have to go home, no, no, we got to wait. So we got to wait for fucking 17 drinks to come out. Unacceptable. You could only get, we only got like maybe a beer or two in fucking two hours because that's how bad the service was and we're just standing there. I think I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back and talk to a manager. I'm not, I'm not done with this. It's, it's actually bothering me so much. I'm calling a manager tomorrow when they open up and say, I need to talk to a manager. That's how upset I am about it. It's fucking unacceptable. It's ridiculous is what it is. And they don't give a shit because they want to go home because they fucking work at the yard house and they have shitty jobs. That's what it is. I hope you're listening, manager, or any of those fucking stupid waiters and waitresses you have in there, except the one girl who was a sweetheart. Okay? Just because you suck at your job and you're fucking lazy and you want to go home and you probably got pissed off a 17 top came in there, why don't you look at it like you're going to make some money, you fucking dopes? You're going to make some money and you got fucking people in there that want to give you fucking money. You got people in there that are happy and just had a great time and a great night. You could see that we were buzzing and having a good time. We all came in. We're holding bottles of scotch. There's a bunch of people. And people are talking about the great night. They knew that people were probably over at Levity. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And you know what? I'm not letting it go. I'm not letting it go anymore. I'm going to tell them. And I know who one of the managers are. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to say this is, this is bullshit. I kept my mouth shut because it was a nice, important night and everybody had a good time. Unacceptable. Nothing is worse than that. Yeah, well, we could put another table for you if you want. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go fucking to the bathroom for 15 minutes and fucking hope my shift is over, okay? Yeah, I'm going to hope that I could just go home and uh, close my eyes and hope this fucking nightmare will be over. You know, go to school or study for something else, dickhead, or do something else because you obviously don't belong in that business. How about that? I'm just going to walk around and look at other tables and hope this fucking nightmare disappears. Yeah, instead of putting money in you and your employees' pockets, fucking dopes. Oh my God, it's the, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's, dude, it's not my fault you have to put on a button shirt and black pants and go to work and serve people. You chose to do that. You chose to do that. So do it good. 
Is anything worse than that? My wife could have one drink and then she had to go home. My little brother was there with his girlfriend. After 15 minutes, he goes, this is ridiculous, man. I got to get out of here. I got to be up tomorrow. They had to leave. It, it, it really bothered me, man. It still bothers me. So, whatever. The service at the yard house sucks. Yeah, come here. We got 180 beers that you can fucking probably taste in three years by the time you get fucking service. How about that? Yeah, come down here. We got we got them from Belgium. We got them from Amsterdam. By the time you're on the sixth one, it'll be New Year's. How about that? Yeah. 2018, you'll maybe get half of them done. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. And my other unacceptable this week is the unbelievable, unacceptable backlash for, for Trevor Noah tweeting. I mean, a day after the kid gets the fucking Daily Show gigs, people are looking back. These trolls, these blogging pussies, these politically correct assholes are looking back at everything he's done to make sure it's okay. Okay? It's ridiculous. So let me get this straight. A comedian could joke in a club about race, okay, you know, about blacks, about white people, you know? You know, it's funny, one thing, they showed a clip of Trevor Noah saying that, um, you know, white people, white people talk like this, excuse me, sir, can I, that fucking thing that they, you know, that they all say we do, I got a story about that, I'll tell you guys in a second, but, um, you know, but white people didn't get mad, or, or, or there was no like, wow, he really doesn't like white people. That's the way white people talk. But when he joked about how black people talk, it was this whole fucking outrage. Or when he made a joke about, you know, a Jewish kid, oh, he hates Jews. It's just so fucked up, man. There is a war against comedians right now. Comedians, because these fucking bloggers, and I'm telling you, man, if any comedian is listening to this, go harder. Go fucking harder. Shut these bloggers fucking down. Shut them down. Okay, because it's just getting worse and worse. I will fucking never apologize. They will probably never let me host a show. The only the only fucking show I'm probably gonna host is this show. You know, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some other shows out there, and I, I have some ideas for the future. But what are they gonna do? Look back at my tweets and say, "Oh wow, this guy really fucking you know doesn't like this, huh?" Or this guy, you know, I've tweeted, I've made jokes about, you know, I I recently did a joke about you know uh, fat people. So I guess yeah, I guess I hate fat people, huh? Meanwhile, I have friends that are overweight, skinny, this and that. They're going to just find something. It's really unacceptable and ridiculous. It's actually sickening, to be honest with you. I know Trevor Noah. I uh, I know Trevor Noah. The first time I met him was a couple years ago in Montreal. Then I actually worked with Trevor Noah in um, at Levity Live. When he was at Levity Live, uh, I worked there with him. I talked to him. He's a good kid. He's a nice kid. He's a humble, polite kid. And uh, he's a comedian, guys, and he makes jokes. He makes jokes about things and he tweets about it because you know what? That's what we do as comedians. We go on and we make jokes. Some are okay. Some are offensive. Some are not. Maybe some come across as really funny. Maybe some come across as not that funny. But to have these trolls and these bloggers and these people go, oh, he's already under scrutiny and he didn't get the job. Look, what can you say? What can you say anymore? It's like, it's it, it really is like... This, this political correct shit, man, that's why I fucking love Nick DiPaolo because there's no apologies. There's nothing. There's nothing. He just says what he wants and if people get upset, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. If you make a gay joke, do you hate gay people? No. You fucking idiots, no. 
It's like if you joke about murder. Like I'm doing a new bit right now. The bit that I'm doing right now is one of the bits that, that is going really well right now is I'm doing a bit about how I hit the deer. And I'm doing the bit about my friend saying, "Is there, do you have a bat? And I'm on stage saying, you know, what kind of lunatic pulls out a bat and just starts whacking the deer? And I'm doing this whole thing where I'm whacking the deer in the head with a bat after I hit it in blood squirt. So, so some PETA nut job? So some PETA nut job is going to see that? Do you know if you guys go and you type in Paul Verzi Pitbulls, my joke on RooftopComedy.com will come up on Pitbulls. And the joke crushed. And it did great. And I had fun doing it. And I still have fun doing it because I added to it. And I'm kind of bringing it back now in a different way with more tags to it. And if you look on YouTube, somebody says, it's things like this that give those dogs a bad name. I bet you he beats his animals and kills dogs too or something. There's actually people out there that think I beat and kill dogs because of that bit. That's what what's going on right now in comedy. I, when I read that on YouTube, I didn't even know. I just laughed. I was like, what? It's so ridiculous and enraging. And the way to do it is to get that person and go fucking harder and let them keep writing and go harder. And then fuck, I want somebody in there to see me fucking do a joke and I want them to fucking say, oh my God, I can't believe he did that joke. And then I want to fucking go harder at the joke and then go harder at them and the stupid fucking blog they read, they write. Unacceptable. So Trevor Noah, keep your head up, man. Just go out and do what the fuck you're doing. Fuck these people trying to knock you down. Um, I said something the other night, and I shouldn't have said it. I'm not going to mention any names, but I did this on stage, and it felt kind of right. But um, there was a black comedian on stage before me, and they just went into that. <laughs> they went into that white guy voice. I was performing on the Cypher Sounds. Uh, Cypher Sounds was a uh, DJ on Hot 97, and he runs the the what is it the Double Stuff show at midnight at the stand on um, Friday. Is it? Fr- uh, I think Fridays. And, uh, so, yeah, so I did three Friday and three Saturday. It was a crazy fucking, no, I'm sorry. I did one on Friday after the Knicks game and then I did three on Saturday. But the one I did on Friday after the Knicks game was Cypher's show. It was a black comedian going before me and they're going, and you know, and the white guy was like, excuse me, sir, this, and I'm going next. And I'm just, I just can't fucking listen to that anymore. I mean, that's just fucking, that, that is so, fu- so I get on stage and it's pretty much a Spanish, there's a lot of Spanish and black people for the crowd, for the show. And I just get on stage and I just grab the microphone and I go, I'm getting really sick of black pe- black comedians saying that white people talk like this. And I start doing it. And I go, we don't talk like that. I go, you know what? I go, I actually want to start talking like that just to justify that fucking dumb, hacky, fucking black joke. And the crowd was kind of like shocked that I said that. And then one black dude goes, well, how do you talk? And I just looked at him and I go, like this, dude, like this. And the fucking place loved it. And all the black comics in the place loved it. And uh, then I felt kind of bad because I wasn't trying to really... Like, I'm kind of friends with the guy who went before me. And I wasn't really trying to do that. I was just trying to say in general, like, black comedians, just fucking stop it. It's so fucking dumb and hacky. And shame on anybody that laughs at that. Anybody that laughs at that fucking dumb, like, why the white guy was like, excuse me, sir. And then people are laughing. It's like, that's fucking the worst thing ever. It's awful. It's fucking awful. Grow up and get a better joke. Uh, I'm fi- I don't know why. I'm having a good week. I'm relaxing. You know, I had some time off this week. I'm just, it just, you know. That whole thing at the yard house and that fucking pilot and now this thing with Trevor Noah. It's just the worst thing I've ever, it's just so ridiculous. You know. 
And here's the worst thing. They're saying like there's a new comedy boom now. There's like a second comedy boom where comedians are really starting to come and, and clubs are opening up and stand-up is really a big thing right now. There's a new comedy boom, yet they're watching what you're saying. And, you know, I know guys like Kinnison and, and, and you know, Carlin and, and Bill Hicks and some guys like that, Richard Pryor and all these guys that that are, you know, passed away, rest their souls. I, you know, I almost wish that, you know, because that, that wouldn't be tolerated and it shouldn't be fucking tolerated. All right, let's get into some of your um, your guys' unacceptables. Okay. So, here we go. Um, this one is... When was this? All right, this one is from Phil Oakley. And Phil... <laughs> Phil Oakley. Phil is the guy that does an impression of Bill Burr. And Phil, no, I'm going to be on tour with Jason Lawhead and Bill, and I'm going to show him some of the impressions when we're on the uh, when we're on the bus and all that shit. Because you know, but here's your unacceptable. Okay, unacceptable. Years ago, my girlfriend blew me <laughs> on the ride up to see her parents. That's cool. Right before we arrive, she finishes slobbing my knob. That's cool. We arrive. She gets out of the car and her parents outside to greet us. That's cool. Um, my girl runs up to her dad, greets him with a hug and a kiss on the mouth, laugh out loud, that's unacceptable, cage that feline animal, peace, Paul. Uh, yeah, that's brutal. Oh my God, that's, that is an animal. That's an absolute animal. Oh my God. How the hell can you even, how can you do that? How could you be like, daddy, ugh. Uh, all right. I should have read that one later. All right. Let's see this. This says, um, I have an unacceptable. Okay. This is from Michael Patrick Kelly. It says, uh, he's a longtime listener. He heard about my podcast and he's, you know, he's hooked on it. And thank you so much. I really appreciate that. He says, I have an unacceptable for you. This past weekend, I was hooking up with the hottest girl I've ever hooked up with in my life. She was riding me backwards, cowgirl, oh boy, uh, for a couple of minutes, and suddenly she let loose the loudest, smelliest, stinkiest, most powerful fart ever. Oh my god. Uh, well, I think we have the theme of this week's. Jesus. Dude, first of all, where are you guys finding these girls that are blowing you and then kissing their dads, and then a girl's about to shit on your chest? All right, here we go. I'm sorry. Uh, right in my fucking face. It was powerful enough that I could feel the wind on my face. It was kind. It, it was the kind of fart you'd expect from a 300-pound man after eating eggs, wings, and Indian food all day. No bullshit. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, listeners. After my original knee-jerk reaction of disgust, uh, calmly without saying anything, I got out of bed, got dressed, left, and haven't spoken to her since. Uh, lock her in a goddamn cage and don't let her out. Unfucking acceptable. Oh my God, Michael. That is fucking. Oh. That is just. You know, it would be funny if you ran into her and her new boyfriend one day. <laughs> uh, you were just like at a Buffalo Wild Wings and you, like, you and your girl just ran into her. Oh, hey, how you doing? And, like, when she turns her head, you just look and you're like, dude, don't make her get the mild. Make her get the mild. Trust me. Uh, oh, that's brutal, man. All right. This one is... Uh, 
from uh, Jordan Wark. And Jordan Wark says, uh, Hey, Paul, I got an airline unacceptable for you. Fucking United. Oh, I know about that. Yesterday, my pregnant fiance boarded a United flight out of San Diego scheduled to land in Houston. She, along with 100 other passengers, board the plane, and everyone is seated for 30 minutes. They then announce over the loudspeaker that both pilots aren't even at the airport yet. They're 45 minutes late and currently driving to the airport to fly the fucking plane. My fiance has an hour layover in Houston, so they announced that the, uh, the flight delay could cause people with short layovers to miss their second flight. She, my pregnant fiance, has to get off the plane and stand in line to reschedule her layover. She waits another 35 minutes in line. She finally makes it to the front desk in the United Terminal, and the lady tells her uh, to wait aside as she walks away. Goes to get a fucking hot dog, and God knows what. She finally comes back and rudely says, There's no other flights available in Houston or in San Diego. There's nothing we can do. They give her a new flight out of San Diego at 6 a.m. the next morning with two-hour layover in D.C. And guess what? They give her for her troubles. One free breakfast, only good for 24 hours. Are you kidding me? First of all, why is United boarding a plane when the pilot isn't even at the fucking airport? And what makes it, uh, and what makes it acceptable for United to schedule a flight um, that the pilot is 45 minutes late to? It isn't acceptable. It's unacceptable. Um, thanks, Paul. Can't wait to see you in Alabama on the Bible Belt tour, Jordan. Uh, thank you, Jordan. And yeah, I've had a bad experience um, with uh, with United, uh, where the plane. Yeah, it's just it's they don't give a fuck. That's what I've come to the conclusion. They don't care. The pilot says there's a delay. They make you sit. Then he goes, Ah, you know what? It's still not working out. There's another delay. And they just part of the thing is to not tell the truth so people wait. That's what it is because when people wait, they think it's going to happen. You know, it's okay. I'm waiting, so things are going to get better. And then they just go, oh, you're going to wait more. And it's like, oh, well, things have to get better. And people just fucking wait. Absolutely brutal and unacceptable. Uh, yeah, sorry. And the fact that she was pregnant, they don't care. They don't care that she's pregnant. They're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Ridiculous. Uh, okay, let's go. We got a few more here. Does everybody suck? I think everybody just sucks. Okay, uh, this one is from Jay Rodriguez. While at Walmart the other while at Walmart the other day, I watched this chick in her Sunday finest Hello Kitty pajama pants try to grab a three pound bag of candy and when she did she dropped four more of them on the floor and just kept on going. I channeled my inner Versi and grabbed them, followed her around the corner, told her she dropped something and threw them in her cart. Unacceptable. Also unacceptable when there are more pajama pants walking around Walmart than <laughs> there are actual, actually on the shelves. Hashtag animals. Yeah, um, I agree 100%. The only thing I will say is you do have to take that with a grain of salt because you are in a Walmart. One time me and my older brother were in a Walmart and we were crying of laughter because it was like in the movie. It, the, the lady had everything like her cart was filled she had like big bags of dog food like fucking Christmas vacation she had like cereal food it was like 2 in the morning we were buying a DVD and this woman got everything it was it was ridiculous um 
Okay, this one is from Joshua T. Uh, Calkins uh, Chawargi. Hope I got that right. Joshua Calkins Chawargi. You're like that uh, Kentucky player. Uh, Callie, whatever. Anyway, uh, I want to thank you for reading my previous Unacceptable on episode 200 version. You're very welcome. I want to submit another liter- uh, literally one. The Passing of Terry Pratchett. He was a hilarious wordsmith and that he is gone is unacceptable. I didn't understand my wife's breaking down in tears when Robin Williams passed until I heard about Pratchett and then I knew. Uh, fallen item, fallen, hashtag fallen idols, hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, it's funny. Everybody treats different people who pass, like people who pass away differently, you know, and some people like can deal with that one and other people like, oh, that one, you know, like, uh, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but like, you know, I remember some comedians telling me when Richard Pryor, a lot of people said when Richard Pryor died, a lot of comedians cried even when they didn't know him because their comedy made them feel like they knew him. Um, you know, I feel like Eddie Murphy to me, that would be a really tough one. There was definitely ones that, that hit you. So sorry about that, man. That's, uh, you know, that's, it's tough. Um, let's see here. All right. Uh, I think we got maybe one more of this, and then I'll do some on the. Um, I'll do some on the uh, what's it called, the Twitter, and then we'll go. We'll keep going. So hope you guys are enjoying the show. This is episode two hundred four, um, Verzi Effect podcast. Drinking my diet coke here, hearing about disgusting girls who are having sex and farting in people's faces and people blowing somebody and kissing their dads you know it's just a regular Wednesday night everybody fucking gross man alright this one is from uh, Jose Marie Blade Zafra I hope I'm saying that right I'm at the laundromat and everything is going well I was even talking to this young couple and they had an adorable little kid probably just a few months old um then this redneck fat woman walks in and it's all good. Then, like 15 minutes later, she steps out and starts lighting a cigarette and without even caring, she smokes right next to the open door without closing it. So I started fuming. I walked, uh, I'm sorry, I waited about a minute just to see this fucking animal, see if this animal would come to her senses. Of course not, right? So I went over to the door and slammed it. Then I walked back to where my clothes were and the father of the kid I was talking to thanked me and said, no problem, that was unacceptable. Put him in a cage, one animal at a time. Absolutely. And you did the right thing. And that's just a fucking, you know, that's just a gross individual who doesn't get it. You know. Anybody, anybody that, like, that's so narcissistic or I should say like a sociopath, like anybody that could see a baby and they're just like, ah, fuck it, I'll smoke it. Like, just goes to show how they were raised and how ridiculous it is. Uh, all right, Ryan Moore sent me one, and this is hilarious. And it's actually a picture of a guy sitting at a table at Wendy's with his shoes off and his bare feet on the floor. That's the picture that I'm seeing. And it says, guy picking his feet at Wendy's. You want toe jam with your fries? Unacceptable. And the guy is just barefoot in there. Unbelievable. Oh my God. You know, I'm really glad that I do this segment unacceptable on my show because it's it's letting me know that 
this is happening everywhere and like I'm glad that like the more I can do it and just hopefully get people called out on it just you know yeah like you said man cage them one animal at a time just unfucking believable I just just don't understand what goes through people's heads like you're at a fucking restaurant with your bare feet was that in let me know where that was too was that like Virginia what state was that in Something tells me, I mean, and I'm not trying to stereotype the South here, but if that's not Florida, Virginia, or Georgia, I'd be shocked. Um, okay, this one is from uh, Richard Monzer. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't call out your... Hold on, let me call out your Twitter feed here. The Twitter feed, Ryan Moore, it's at Ryan Mojo Popo. So, uh, Ryan, and then capital M-O-J-O-P-O... P.O. All right, this next one. Sorry, let me get back to this thing here. This is from... Let me see what was... Okay, so this is from Richard Manzar. Uh, Manzar. And it's at NDFSU. Paul Verzi, listening to the bonus... Um, Three uh, two o three podcast. There are re- they are remaking Scarface. Unacceptable. Yeah, it is unacceptable. Me and Matt Arise were talking. They're making a new Naked Gun with Ed Helms, and they're every you know they're running out of shit to do. So they're just gonna find all the big movies, and that's it. Um, you know, yeah, I just whatever. It's ridiculous. Okay, this is from Jake Lewis at Here Is Jake, and Jake says, "Gangster at the bar, closing out a tab." Yo, man, close me out, homie. Name's Gomez. It's the Mickey Mouse Visa card. Hashtag unacceptable. Cash me out, homie, is hilarious. Um, yeah, I want to start doing that. Guys, when you send me some shit that happens with people, like, with bare feet and, like, certain just things that are just so ridiculous or, like, shit that, like, in Walmarts, let me know what city or state you're in. I'm just curious. That'll put, uh... You know, some <laughs> that'll put some perspective. And I'm not, hey, I'm not saying it's not going to be from New York, and I'm not saying that there's not shitty places in the Northeast. I'm just curious to see where, like, a lot of the, like, where somebody would smoke in front of a baby. I'm just curious. Um, all right, this is from Justin Pittman at Justin T. Pittman. While making a bank transaction, the person behind me was breathing down my neck. Can I get some space, dirt bag? Hashtag unacceptable. Uh, The worst, when when you feel like somebody's on your neck, the worst is when you're in the movie theater and there's not many people there. All right, this is from Colton Fair at Little Drummer with an A, Boy 1. Your impression of a Mexican dude is pretty damn unacceptable. Put him in a cage. Um, I think my impression of the Mexican gangster is pretty fucking funny. And, um, (laughs) you know, I like it. Like... You fucking with my impression, homes, fuckers. Oh, that's what they say. Don't fuck with my impression, fucker. Okay, Adam Boguski. At Boguski. B-O-G-U-S-K-I-E. He, uh, is he artistic? She looked confused and said... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. There's two of them. Uh, a woman at work was describing her boyfriend. He's... a uh, Based, 
he's a bastard and a drunk. Okay, I think you misspelled bastard and a drunk and makes beautiful stuff out of junk. I replied with, is he artistic? She looked confused and said, no, he's slow in the head. No, he's not slow in the head at all. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag idiocracy. Please let me know what state that's from. Um, oh, here we go. This is from Matt DeLuna, at Matt DeLuna, D, capital D-E, capital L-U-N-A, um, at Matt DeLuna, uh, at Toyota dealership, and this animal ate, ate half of the complimentary donuts, hashtag unacceptable, hashtag animal, hashtag put him in a cage. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. This one is from Nick A. at Foreskin 7 Every girl is a model now just because they have a Facebook page and pay to get a few pictures taken. Hashtag unacceptable. Yep. That's the world we live in today. Um, let's see here. i got a couple of more in. And then we'll go. By the way, thanks for you guys who sent the split screens of George Stepanopoulos and Jeff Gordon. Because we had so much fun looking at that and laughing at that. We were laughing our asses off. I swear to God, as bad as I am with directions, and I'm sure Burr has trashed me with, with, you know, you guys know that me and Burr trash each other. And as much as, you know, I mean, I am bad with directions. I'm, I'm bad with directions. Even in the city, I can't tell if I need to go left or right to go to the west side or east side sometimes. I'm just, I've always been my whole life. That's one thing. I'm just really bad with directions. You know, just don't really... Sometimes I get it. Like, once I get it once, I'll never fuck up again. But, like, sometimes it takes me a long time. But Burr is so bad with names and faces. One time he's like, yeah, who's it? What's that movie? Uncle Vinny's? I was like, what are you talking about? And he was talking... He was talking about my cousin Vinny. Calling Mariano Rivera, Manny Rivera. And I'd be like, dude, I don't even know who we're arguing about right now. So thanks for the pictures, because the side-by-side -side with them is really funny. This is from Zach Coffee at Z underscore Coffee C-O-F-F-E-Y. Lady opened a box of grapes with her snicker bar fingers at Costco. Um, ate one of them, then drove off. Hashtag unacceptable, and he showed a picture of the cart. Yeah, it's... Animals. I should do an album just called Animals. And just tell stories about people doing this shit. Or just like, you know, put them in a cage and just tell stories about these people. Just do like a like a one night like town hall meeting. Or I tell stories and then like just pick a few people that have great ones and have them come up and just tell stories. <laughs> uh, Alright, we'll do three more. And if I missed you and didn't get to you, that's because, you know, they're, they're so far back and everything. And I did the, the podcast with uh, Matt Arise. So, you know, resend it and I will, uh, I will get to it. But I'll do, I'll do a few more of these. Okay. Because I know you guys, you guys took your time. All right. Here we go. This is from, um, <laughs> Uh, this is a regular. Max Power survived by rats. Grown men at work voluntarily wearing Easter bunny ears. May they burn in hell. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> Jesus, Max. All right, that's one. Let's do two more. And then we will uh, we'll keep it moving because I don't want to 
And I want to hold you guys here. All right, here we go. This is from... Okay. All right, yeah, this is from Juan Valdez at Juan V-A-L-D and then D's Nuts, uh, E-E-Z-N-U-T-Z. But Kentucky is up 30 points on West Virginia, and Calipari is still talking shit to his players. You got you got it in the bag. Relax. You know what's funny about that is we were actually writing a um, we were gonna write a spoof or a sketch about that. Uh, my buddy Giannis Papas does something for AOL Originals. He hosts like this this uh, sports show on there, and uh, we were gonna write something like that where he's just still going nuts. But yeah, that. They had the scare. You know, we'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk about... We're going to go and talk about some sports when I'm done with this. And let's do... Let's do one more unacceptable here. And uh, then we will go. I'm looking... Oh, somebody put George... <laughs> this guy, Ed, Ga- Ed Gads, cursed out, whatever. Shit, I don't know. His Twitter feed is... Uh, cursed out pros and he put George Stephanopoulos's face on Jeff Gordon's body with Jeff Gordon in the race suit and it says Jeff Gordonopoulos and it's really fucking hilarious uh, really funny alright let's get one more in here and then we'll be done come on one more I got, I'm going through all these George Stephanopoulos pictures and I can't get to the last one. Alright, well then maybe we're done with it. Fuck it. No, come on, I gotta get somebody's in here. Oh my god, I'm... S- Alright, here we go, we got it, we got it. Here is uh, Jim Alberry at Dr. Underscore Alberry A-L-B-E-R-R-Y. Look at this. How can these animals drive like this? Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag cage him. And he sent me a picture. And it's a car in a parking lot. And it's literally stuffed to the gills. It's stuffed with garbage papers and everywhere. The, like literally you could not sit in the back seat. And it looks like the front seat is a mess. I Jesus, I thought my wife's truck with all the, you know, all the kids stuff in it was bad. But that's really bad. Oh my God, that is bad. So thank you guys. Thank you guys so much uh, for the unacceptables. That's it. And um, all right, I'm sorry. There's 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 uh, two more here. Lucas Hempton at Hempton Lucas, H E M P E N, and then capital L Lucas. Standing waiting for the bus, and this animal starts shaving using his phone as a mirror. Hashtag animal. Hashtag cage him up. And the last one, Dustin Bell at uh, mindtaker underscore. This is unacceptable as it is confusing. Hashtag unacceptable. And it's a picture and it says vegetarian ham, chicken flavored. And he took a picture of it in the thing. Uh, Like in the, (laughs) yeah, that's fucking, who's eating that? Like who's going like, yeah, let me get that. That's ridiculous. Um... Uh, okay. Um, all right, last one. Swear to God. Ronnie PMF was driving on a belt parkway, saw someone texting and driving both hands and the phone balancing on the steering wheel. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, that guy's going to fucking hurt somebody. All right, guys. That's it for the unacceptables. Thank you so much. 
Uh, we're an hour and seven minutes in. Whoa. I think that means the show's going pretty well. Let's see what else we have to talk about. We did all the unacceptables. We did the crazy week last week. Um, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk. I haven't seen any movies. I want to see... Um, you know, everybody's telling me to see Whiplash. I heard Whiplash is great. I just, the only thing is, like, I can't, and I know people are like, you just got to see it, but I got to tell you, some of the clips I saw of it, and I really don't want to shit on a great movie here, okay? But, you know, having, like, a drummer teacher acting like a fucking wrestling manager, it's just, like, at one point, I'd be like, dude, listen, man, it's just, I got to, you know, you got to calm down. Like, I'm trying to play an instrument here. Like, and I didn't see it, so I don't want to go too too hard. Oh, somebody went at me, and I want to fucking defend myself because I'm not going to be one of these fucking asshole pussies who take shit on Twitter. One guy was like, hey, Paul, how can you say Gone Girl and Gone Girl and what was the other movie? An American Sniper were this and that, and you said that John Wick. John Wick was the most over-the-top bullshit. You fucking, you know, know-nothing dope. First of all, dick, okay? First of all, if you listen, because you obviously have a hard time fucking listening, all right. I never said that John Wick wasn't over the top. I said it was fun, it was badass, and I said it was like the equalizer on steroids. Of course it's over the top. It's all over the top and unrealistic. But for you to say Gone Girl, really? The girl's going to fucking leave and just happen to get robbed by the scumbag that she befriends? And then she goes and is smart enough to plot a murder of her ex-boyfriend and on, on you know with the cameras in the house and then come back home. Yeah, that's not fucking that's not a lifetime movie. Give me a fucking break. Ben Affleck and some chick in a fucking lifetime movie. And I never said that American Sniper. I said American Sniper to me, it just I said like I think the guy's a hero. I think it was I think it was definitely, you know, good. It had its its moments, but I saw Hurt Locker, it was very similar to that, and I was just a little bit, you know, it didn't it just didn't get me the way that it, you know, maybe because of the Hurt Locker. So, to say that you're not going to take my opinion, fine, but to go and insult and say Gone Girl, Gone Girl stunk. Gone Girl fucking stunk. There's spoofs about it. Go to YouTube and look at spoofs on it. How ridiculous it was. What the wife did and then he takes her back after all that shit. It was ridiculous. So, whatever. I gotta defend my movie picks because I think they're pretty good. I never said John Wick wasn't, you know, over the top. But John Wick was badass. And it was probably Keanu Reeves' best movie. Maybe it's because he just acted like a badass. But, um, you know. But, I, you know, I shouldn't call you a dick. You're obviously listening to my show. And, uh, you know, I'm such a nice guy. I'll probably just hash it out with you on Twitter and then fucking, you know, you'll be, we'll be fucking Twitter friends. I don't know. But there was, (laughs) there was a couple of people that like when people go like, if you don't like something, but to go at me like that, I don't know. I think, I think the whole Trevor Noah thing just got me watching. I'm going to have a bunch of you guys go at me just so I fucking write back. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I just feel that, um, you know taking shots at me <laughs> it hurts no i don't want to see whiplash if it's going to be like ridiculous but i'm going to watch it because i heard it's the best movie it was like one of the best movies of the year so i'm going to watch it i want to watch i want to see fury i want to see interstellar i heard all these movies are good so i'm going to try to watch all these movies see what's up with them um as far as sports you know i mean kentucky got a scare the other night by notre dame but i think there's always that one game where the team that wins it all gets a scare. I think you have to get that. But I just feel like Kentucky's only played one good game, and that was against West Virginia, and look what happened. I feel like they're just kind of skating through, not playing their best ball. 
But uh, you never know. They could be taken out by Wisconsin or Duke. I just feel that if the defense plays hard all game, I think they're going to be a tough out, man. I just That's going to be a tough one. I'm not saying I called it because it's the best team in the country and they're undefeated, so I'm not going to take credit for that. But I just watching that defense, I just it's ridiculous. And um, that kid Okafor on Duke, man, I am hoping the Knicks get him. I don't think I've ever seen a seven-footer dribble the ball like that and like hold the ball like it's a tennis ball and all that. So I'd love that guy to be on the Knicks. I mean, big men, you always got to worry about their legs. But we'll see what happens with the Knicks. I mean, it can only, listen, it's, it, we're in the gutter. I mean, we are in the, it can only get better. And then what else do we have? we got the Yankees coming up, I think, next week or this week. I don't know when Yankee opening day is. That's how much I don't care. You know, it's going to be weird without Jeter. So now I got no Jeter. I got no Cano. I got no Mariano Rivera. And um, we'll see. Who are these fucking... Remember in Major League? That was the best. Who are these fucking guys? I love... Major League is one of my favorite sports movies of all time. The original one. The first one. Was, you know, with Wesley Snipes as uh, Willie Mays Hayes and, you know, Tom Berenger and, of course, Sheen as Wild Thing. Vaughn, that, that was the best. That movie was the best. Um, and uh, that's it. So here's what I got going on, guys. Um, if you guys are in New York and you can make it, I would love it. But uh, a week from tomorrow, so April 9th, Thursday... 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock shows, I am recording my debut comedy album called Paul Verzi Live at the Stand. It's at the Stand in New York City on 20th and 3rd. If you want to come out, it is insanely intimate and small. You know, we got some great stuff with big packed crowds with hundreds of people, but the sound wasn't what I wanted, and we're just like, all right, we got some professional, unbelievable, like, Sound engineers coming into the stand. It's going to be wired up. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be really cool. Got a couple of, um, you know, record labels. I don't know who I'm going to go with, but, you know, some big ones have thrown their hat into the ring, so to speak. Uh, Comedy Central, Sirius. So um, all that decided what label it's going to be on will be this week. But either way, I'm laying it down on uh, next Thursday. So if you want to come down, Giannis Pappas is going to host it and open it up for me. And, um, it should be a great time, and it should be a lot of fun. I'm going to have a lot of fun just fine-tuning this material and have, actually having something out there for you guys to get and buy and uh, have it be, you know, some cool shit. So if you guys want to come out to that, it's not that expensive. Come out to the city. It's a Thursday night, so the next day is Friday. You know, you have a great night in the city, and, uh, and then you're almost at the weekend. So I hope you guys can make that because that's uh, that'll be a good one before I go away for basically a month. Um, on the road, on the uh, Billy Bible Belt tour, me and Jason Lawhead and Bill Burr, the band is getting back together for a little bit. Then I come back and I'm the All In tour. I'm headlining. Um, I'm headlining uh, Gotham, and uh, we got some other dates. So there's gonna be a ton of new dates on the website. There's some up there now. There's gonna be a lot more on the website, paulverzi.com, coming up in the next couple of days here. So uh, check out paulverzi.com. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Again, I want to thank everybody who came out this week. And, um, you know, guys, let me know. I'm open to talking about anything. You know, if you guys, if there's anything, uh, any topics you want me to tackle, so to speak, um, you know, let me know. I'll talk about it. You know, I didn't get the Daily Show, so fuck it. I'll say whatever. I don't give a fuck. 
Could you imagine if like there was a big show like that and they were looking at me to host? All they would have to do is listen to five minutes of any of these episodes of TVE and they'd be like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> yeah, we listened to Paul Verzi's thing and uh, yeah, he was saying stuff that, you know, I just don't think it's, I don't know. You know, he was just going at everybody and uh, after like the third cunt, we were like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's a liability. <laughs> people gotta stop telling me why are you smoking weed now I'm not smoking weed now I smoke weed literally 10 times a year if that and I take two puffs I smoke like a bitch I smoke to relax and unwind loosen up my back and muscles and go to sleep I put something on Facebook that I wanted to smoke a Cuban and, and some weed and what's with you and weed and why are you getting into weed now you got kids and I'm like I... I smoke weed like a girl. I smoke weed like a fucking... I, I, I'm afraid to get that high and paranoid. I don't want to do that. But if I'm in the confines of my own home and I just put on a comedy and taking two hits of some really good shit, I got the blue goo in the house. I told you guys that. I bought some weed from this guy and he goes, it's called blue goo. I took one hit and I felt like I was, I felt like I was in space. Uh, oh, I heard that the key and peel. I heard that the key and peel sketch of the substitute teacher is actually going to be made a movie, and I, like they're making a movie based on a character. And if that's true, I'm psyched because that is the funniest. I was just watching key and peel episode. I mean, sketches so funny. A A Ron, is there a A? I know. I love when he said when he said, "Is there a, a D nice?" Is there a D-nice here? And the girl's just looking and he goes, If any of y'all say one of those wacky-ass, silly-ass names, this whole class is going to feel my wrath. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That shit just kills me. Oh, it just kills me. So, um, yeah, that's it, man. I don't know. I don't know what else. I feel like I need to do a couple of more minutes here. I don't I don't even know what else. I didn't write anything else down. I thought that I mean, I guess that got me to like 120 or whatever, but um I think I think it's because when I did the show with Joe, I had to be, you know, considerate to him, but oh, I do I do want to also thank that's another thing. I'm glad I I'm glad I thought about this. I want to thank Artie Lang because Artie Lang who's always been great to me. For anybody that doesn't know like, and I really mean this, and, you know, I, this guy is truly one of the greats, just, just, and I'm not just talking about comedy, I mean, he's so fucking funny, he's such a hilarious, honest, real comic, I love him, but just one of the all-time, just best dudes I've met in this business, like, that guy is so fucking cool, and just nice, and supportive, man, like, you know, we, we went to the podcast, we, I went to the podcast, I went to his place, and he's just a fucking man, you know, he was just so, you know, just, like, helpful, and, and genuinely, like, you know, felt bad for my brother-in-law, and, and really wanted the show to be a success, and was like, anytime you want to come, like, open invitation, it's just the nicest fucking dude, man, like, Artie Lang is, is, is a throwback, man, he really is a great guy, and um, I'm thankful to 
you know, thankful to do a show and just, you know, hang with a dude like that because he's been through a lot. He's seen a lot. He knows the business very well and he's just a really cool guy. And, um, you know, hopefully I'm going to do his show more and, uh, you know, maybe one day I'll get him on the Verzi effect, but he's, he's just the best man. He's just such a good guy and so much fun to, um, to hang with. And, uh, he plugged the show, you know, the show for us and everything. And, um, so I just wanted to make sure that I shouted Artie Lang out because he's the best. And, uh, his fans are just, I mean, if I, if, if you guys don't know, I mean, I've talked about it on the show and it's documented stuff or whatever there, if you go to YouTube and you type in, uh, Paul Verzi and the Artie Lang show it there, if you go to part one, there's a picture of me there sitting next to him with the headset on and I'm wearing like an, a black Adidas jacket and I tell the story about how I had to follow him at the stand right when he got back to comedy after his horrible, you know, uh, suicide attempt and all that and, and uh, his fans were chanting his name and I'm going next and it's just a really, really funny story but uh, just a guy that I'm glad to see doing well and uh, somebody that I genuinely, genuinely like. So, uh, thanks to him and Joe Matteris and everybody who helped me uh, plug last week's show. So, uh, yeah, man, come out. Come out April 9th to the stand. And uh, we'll uh, have a good time out there, get some drinks afterwards and all that. It's on 20th and 3rd. For other dates, go to paulverzi.com. Follow me on Twitter at paulverzi. It's V-I-R-Z-I. If you don't know how to spell it by now, you're not my fan. Or friend. And that's it, everybody. Until episode 205, uh, keep those unacceptables coming. And again, if you are a small business or, you know, you do something um, that you want plugged on the show, let's talk, you know, and uh, I'd love to, you know, help each other out. So uh, message me and um, and we'll talk about it. All right. I hope everybody has um, a great week. I will talk to you guys next Wednesday on the 8th. The... Uh, day before I do the album taping and um that's it take care fuck the trolls fuck all the people that want to hate all the people that say you can't say this and you can't say that and uh let's stop all the animals out there later